Okay, folks, I think this is episode 24, but I they don't number these things in this app, so I have to literally count them. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not a math major. I'm more of a, more verbal than, than uh, quantitative. I think it's episode 24. I think I'll call it that anyway. You know, if I don't know, if it doesn't know, and I don't know, who knows? And who cares? But anyway, I know today's Friday. Thank you, it's Friday. Um, and the, again, I can my my firm prediction is that the market will not go down for the next two days. Of course, it won't go up for the next two days either because it closes on the weekends, and there's there's some uh, some reason for uh, relief because if it's not closed, it's going down. You know. Uh, People are going down, the market's going down, but we're still at my 2488 level. So, uh, today's episode will focus on some of the internal discussions we've had at Ventures Next, which is the sister company, as it were, of uh, <clears throat> of Alpha's Next, which is what this is about, or this is part of. And so we've been having some interesting conversations. Um we actually have not been doing that much buying because my partner, who's the brains of the organization, uh, is of the opinion that things are going to get worse before they get better. And who am I to quibble? You know, I'm just the voice. So we bought NRZ earlier this week on Monday, and NRZ has uh, taken a little bit of a dive. So, what does that tell you? What that tells you is that it's not easy to pick the bottom on any individual um, stocks for sure. I think it's probably easier to pick a bottom on the index is, the index is. Like NRZ is down 30% uh, today, evidently. And I think that that's a real estate... um, investment trust, I think. So I think people are probably starting to question whether they're going to be able to pay their dividends because if they don't get their rents paid on the underlines, that's just my, I don't really know that stock that well that my partner picked it. But if you're buying stuff for the dividend yield, that's a cautionary tale that there's no guarantee they're going to be able to pay those those dividends, you know, uh, certainly they're not going to be able to repurchase their own stock if they take government money. <clears throat> and of course, that's the now's the perfect time for them to buy their stock because it's low. You know, they all all these companies buy their stock at the top. It's they're the worst investors in the world. So, uh, you know, the buyback bid isn't there. The dividend may not be there, which is another cause for for there to be a bid under the stack. So um, our current thinking is, first of all, we looked at airlines earlier this week, and my partner brought that up, and I told him no, because, you know, if they take, I didn't think they would take the government money, because once you take their money, they own you, you know. And, you know, airlines can't merge anymore, there's only four big ones, so antitrust, they're not going to be allowed to merge, I don't think. But, you know, even under the Trump administration, you're going to have, you know, a seat on the board, maybe, for, for the government. And then 
assuming there's a Democratic administration, even if it's Biden, I don't think Biden will be very aggressive, but I think he will get pushed around by the socialist wing of the party. You know, you could see these airlines be effectively nationalized. So that's the end of the party as far as I'm concerned for investors. You know, would you want to own Air France? Then don't own, because they're not going to be able to, you know, cut staff. They're not going to be able to pay their management any competitive wages for CEO level. So, you know, it's just going to be. And anytime, I worked at Ward's when I was a kid, and mobile owned us. So the business plan was lose, lose money, go to mobile, get more. And if you're owned by the government, it's going to be, you know, bow to the political pressures, let everybody fly for free, and then go to the government for more money. So uh, profits, what's that? You know, profits are evil if, if you're the government. So um, so they're essentially going to become nonprofits if they get nationalized, which they may de facto get. And if they don't take the money, they're going to go bankrupt. So... You either go bankrupt or become a government-owned enterprise. Either way, that's not an investable item. And Kramer just said the same thing. I'm watching Kramer this afternoon, and he's not always right, but, you know, he's got a conviction sell. I mean, it might be a short. If I was going to short anything, I might I might short that, or I might sell calls above, you know. Maybe own the stock and sell the calls, and... You know, if it's down to five bucks or something, your downside's five bucks. Uh, if the if the volatility is high enough, the implied volatility, uh, the premium, you know, you might be able to sell sell calls against it every week until it finally goes bankrupt or goes to zero. So um, that's a risky play, but that's about the only play I would even play because uh, I think the airlines are gonna one way or another. The shareholders are, are probably out of luck here. Um, the other thing I thought I would quote is Lloyd Blankfein. Those of you who are investors, no doubt, remember Lloyd from when he was running Goldman during the during the uh, the the financial crisis, and they they roasted him. You know, if you want to see what these uh, they're already talking about, Adam Schiff. In uh, the House is talking about a 9-11 commission type of thing, which will be, you know, like the Spanish Inquisition. And the last time they did that, they, you know, was after the financial crisis. And they flambéed uh, Lloyd Blankfein on, on national TV, you know. And he was trying to explain to market making. And, you know, you might have... <laughs> I mean, you might as well try to explain it to to my dog. You know, you're trying to explain it to uh, Maxine Waters and, you know, people who just, number one, do not trust a word anybody from Wall Street says. And even if they made a good faith effort, uh, are so unfamiliar with the financial markets, they probably couldn't, you know, I mean, AOC, Bernie, you know. Regardless of race, gender, national origin, complexion, you know, anybody who's in that progressive when you try to explain market making to them, you might as well be talking Sanskrit. So that was ugly to watch. But in any event, um, Lloyd knows, you know, Lloyd's a smart guy. And he worked his way up, by the way. You know, he grew up like in Brooklyn, you know 
with nothing and became one but one percent, you know. I don't consider that a policy failure, but a lot of people do. Um, so he says, market thought, it's an odd time when, he should have said when, he actually said where, but I'm going to correct him. When so many are so bearish in the short term, but confident that most stocks will be a lot higher in a few months. A vaccine or treatment is the focus of every pharma company and researcher. Imagine the, the sharp snapback on a sudden breakthrough. And, you know, <clears throat> the odds of a sudden breakthrough are no better than 50-50, in my opinion, although he is right. The entire industry worldwide is working on this. And when the entire industry worldwide focuses on something like this, uh, we have a lot better chance of, of, of a breakthrough than we would if this was confined to, you know, China or, you know, the Ebola River area or something. I mean, this is an all-hands evolution. So people are working literally around the clock around the world, and that has got to be a good thing. So, but in any event... You know, based on getting burned here when we touch the stove, we're taking two weeks off in terms of deploying any money, uh, which, you know, if I was actively managing our money, I probably would have made some, some bets this week, and some of them I would have regretted. Uh, I probably would have done that options strategy of selling the uh, puts. One One pick is... I think I was talking about Moderna in one of our earlier episodes. Um, Moderna's been a double. Moderna was at 18 at one point when I was talking about buying it. Uh, it's up to 34, I think, today. So if you had done an options trade on that, man, you would have made a ton of money. We didn't because we didn't do the trade. But uh, you could have even gone along on that and doubled your money in a down market. So... Uh, I, I think that one was one that we wish we had made. We didn't, but maybe some of you did, uh, if you listen to me. So, uh, what our view is, is that there's snowball effects that are rolling in the economy. Um, and I think this is, you know, not rational, because if you've been watching the news, none of the things that are happening should be a surprise. This is this should be baked in. I, I think that people are reacting emotionally. Um, I think that algorithms, programmatic trading is probably magnifying that because, you know, these things detect momentum and then they place their bets. So uh, I'm trying to pay people, just for example, uh, using Venmo so I can use credit cards instead of cash because I'm trying to husband cash to buy bargain town stocks. And the algorithm thinks I'm commi uh, it's a fraud detection thing. I talked to the guy at Venmo today. He says, you know what, I don't know how it works. All I can tell you is try it again. And I'm like, well, <laughs> if, if I provide the same facts to the thing, you know, it's like Einstein's definition of insanity. Um, you know, trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And I haven't tried it yet. Um he was kind of hinting to me that maybe you should wait 24 hours in one minute because it has a 24-hour radar. But, you know, it, we, we are now being run by uh, computers and machines with algorithms that are self-training that, number one, nobody really understands the logic because they just figure out, okay, 
you want to get to this outcome from this origin, and I'm going to run a billion Monte Carlo simulations a minute at real time, and I'm going to figure out the critical path, and it may not have any inherent logic to it, but that's the path that at the moment is getting you to the to the point you want to get to the most efficiently. So there's, there's nobody who can explain it or understand it because it changes. It's like a virus. So, you know, the market runs on those algorithms now. So trying to apply any kind of human logic to the, to the programmatic training is, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a non, non sequitur. So you just kind of have to watch what's happening and, you know, pick your spot. I think, frankly, even if you're not going to pick a bottom, like we're down 30% in that one trade, but, you know, that could change tomorrow. So, uh, you have to use your best judgment and, uh, you know, kind of emotional. It's, it's an emotional thing in terms of people who are directing trades, um, with their own gut. But there's also the computer factor in there. Some people are just taking their hands off the wheel and letting the computer drive their trading. So it's it's harder than it's been in the past. I mean, the, the computers, I think, have actually made it harder. When life is normal, that's uh, those, those programmatic trades work real well. Uh, when life is abnormal, I think they start to make the problems even worse than they already are. Because these are... These programs are just looking to make scalp trades, <clears throat> you know, uh, taking advantage of front-running it and the bid-ask. They they throw out a bunch of bids, and they're all phony bids, and they make the stock move, and then they, you know, they're able to sell something they already own. It's, it's, a, it's just a little technical game uh, where they make a lot of pennies, and they add up to billions. And there was a time when these programmatic trading... Uh, organizations, they, they never lost money. They'd go two years without a, a losing day because they had this little little speed game figured out where they could kind of front-run stuff, and uh, there's no law against it. You know, you can't even explain it to Congress people. But in any event, that's, that's what's going on, and in very turbulent, uh, volatile times, sometimes they actually turn those machines off because... You can get things like the old flash crash, if you remember, where all the programs stopped buying. And so you had, like, GM selling for a penny, because that's what they call the stub bid. You know, there's always a, a penny bid built in just as a default. Well, well, shares were trading at that because there were no other bids. So I think maybe people learned from that, but um, it's it's hard to figure I still think, though, that, you know, this is bargain town. You may buy something and regret it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but in six months or a year, I think either things will be back to normal or, you know, we're in a permanent uh, disaster movie, which I, I, I tend to be the optimist, oddly enough, in that. So what else do we have to tell you here? Running a little long again. Uh, the one thing I pointed out to my partner is that, you know, as I say, all this should be baked in. You'd have to be an idiot. I don't know. I shouldn't be that that harsh. But, you know, we know 150 to 200,000 deaths. That's what it's going to be. So when you see this, you know, 
this death count every day, in a way, the higher it gets, the sooner it'll be over. That's a morbid way to look at it, but uh, you're going to have to take this many casualties in order to get past it. Because as we have repeatedly discussed, or I have repeatedly said, for those who are listening, those few, those proud, um, you got to look at this logarithmically. And I saw a chart the other day on the Financial Times that showed that we're getting to the same peak level that other countries got, like China, um, some other ones. Now, that is a function of, you know, behavior, because the more people adhere to the uh, social distancing, the quicker that's going to peak, and the virus will burn itself out, and the weather will get warmer. We're at 270,000 cases in the U.S. I think that's 25% of the total worldwide. So we're taking it on the chin a lot harder than we should. We're punching above our weight. No doubt because so many people come to this country and then they're free to roam around the country. You know, in China, you can't go anywhere outside of a certain zone unless you've got a pass. You know, like if I live in Chicago and I want to go to Milwaukee, I can't just go. I've got to have a pass that allows me to travel. And if I'm not a member of the party... I probably don't have that pass. That's how it is there. Uh, So, you know, the freedoms that we have are not our friend in this case. So uh, we're not a a top-down authoritarian society. You know, the CDC is now recommending that you wear masks outdoors, but I don't know that they have the authority to order it because we are a we're a republic, you know, we're federalists. So the governors have the opportunity to make those decisions. And some governors are making worse decisions than others. You know, this guy in Wisconsin, I assume it's a guy in Wisconsin, and I don't know if he's a Democrat or Republican, I don't care. He's an idiot. He's, he's going forward with their election on Tuesday. Now, when Pritzker did that, I thought that was criminally negligent. And we may be paying the price for it right now in this state. Uh... And then this guy in Wisconsin's going to go forward with it? I mean, what, you know, I went to school up there. I know these Wisconsin guys aren't the smartest tools in the kit, but um, that is criminal negligence, in my opinion. He ought to be impeached or recalled. So if I lived up there, I would be banging on the drum with this Massey guy, him and Massey, you know, because this is criminally negligent. Now, there are people, including um, the hero, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who are calling for a nationwide uh, ban on uh, or social distancing order. And I don't know what you have to do, you know, constitutionally to have the authority to, to, to make that mandate. I mean, you can recommend, but mandating is another thing. Maybe you have to declare martial law. Well, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I'm all for it. You know, because the sooner we get out of this, the better off we are in all ways. Uh, and I say, do whatever it takes. You know, I was thinking, I wonder what would be do what we'd be doing if Mayor Richard J. Daley was in charge. You know, he'd probably have a shoot to kill order out, which is politically incorrect. But in any event, <clears throat> um, enough of that. What I told my partner is that Spider closed the day twenty four fifty two. 
It's still holding around my 2500 level. The VIX is under 50. And again, VIX is the volatility index on the S&P 500 ETF, which is the spider. So what does that tell you? What that tells you is people who buy protection are not paying through the nose to the extent they were. So that tells you that either they already have it or they don't think it's worth paying through the nose for it anymore. The bid-ask is what determines the, the actual execution on, on puts. So what that tells me is the, the, the smart money is getting calmed down and the odds makers on the, on the, on the market makers you know, to balance that trade, uh, like a, like a bookie does, uh, you know, they're, they're lowering the, the price of the put. So, uh, there's not as much demand, you know, everybody already bought their insurance or everybody has decided, you know what? I think we're down to level where it's not worth me paying up for it. So the demand for protection is not uh, is starting to balance with the supply at a lower price point. That's what that tells you. Both of those are signs to me that the market is finding its level. And, you know, with all this stimulus money coming in, uh, people say, well, the REITs are going to get hammered because nobody's going to pay their rent. Well, the stimulus enables you, the, 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 the uh, relief, whatever you want to call it, Small Business Administration is lending money, and you can use it to pay the rent, not just salaries. You know, people don't necessarily understand this, but uh, it uh, looks like the landlords may get paid with that money. So clearly, the federal government and the Federal Reserve are united in their desire to keep the economy propped up during the duration of this crisis. So, you know, I think that this is key. Now, it looks to me that I just heard that Warren Buffett is selling his Southwest shares. That's not good news for the airline stock. So uh, if that's the case, don't quote me on that. Fact check me because I'm kind of half paying attention to the CNBC closed caption as I do this. But if that's the case, that's very, very uh, bearish. You know, because Warren is a bottom fisher. So uh, in any event... That's what we're talking about here. I think overall, I'm still very positive and I'm optimistic and I'm bullish at these levels. Um, you have to be careful what you buy because I think that uh, these, yeah, and this looks like it is exactly what Warren Buffett is doing, lightening up on those Southwest shares because he knows where that's going and it ain't going anywhere good. So if I was going to do anything, I'd be selling selling calls. You know, I think you're pretty safe selling calls, especially if you own the underline. But even if you don't, you could still sell, you know, call spreads or whatever. Um, but that doesn't look good for the airlines at all. And so I think Southwest is probably the best of the bunch. 
So, because they don't have the international exposure. But somebody said today, you know, it, when are people going to have the guts to go back to a Broadway show? Well, think of an airplane as a Broadway show, right? You're all packed into your seats. And, <laughs> you know, when are you going to be willing to get back on a plane? I mean, unless somebody's really holding a gun to your head. So they used to hijack airplanes. Now they'll have to hijack you to get on an airplane. So in any event, uh, you know, I think that we are at a point now where you can invest, at least in the broad indexes. Uh, I think that uh, on the individual stock level, you have to worry about bankruptcies, you know, and you have to worry about the fact that companies may either need to take this federal money and essentially become, you know, government, quasi-governmental enterprises, which is not good for shareholders, or um, they may go bankrupt, which is, you know, an existential crisis for shareholders. So, uh, you, you know, mistakes can be made, I think, is what we're finding out today. You can't just buy anything. And sometimes... When that's the case, you are safer playing the indexes because the whole Fortune 500 isn't going to either be government-owned or go out of business. You know, uh, NASDAQ, you know, Apple, Netflix, Google, Facebook, Amazon, they're not going to go bankrupt and they are not going to become government um, agencies. So those are probably the safest bets right now. Uh, but I, I do think we're, you know, that, that 2,500 level is still a comfortable place for me. I've had my faith shaken in it, but um, I'm a believer today. Nobody can predict the future, but, you know, and past performance is no guarantee of future results, but... Uh, I still think that's a good level. So so that's it for this week. Uh, one thing I want to mention is that I am putting myself in the business of helping people get these small business administration loans. I figure I know as much about anybody because nobody's ever done it before. And I got time on my hands. And So if you have a small business and you want to apply and you don't want to screw around with it or you've got better things to do with your time, um, I figure I'm going to apply for a few of our portfolio companies. And once I do two or three of them, I'll probably know how to do it uh, as well as anybody. So I am more than willing to uh, offer my time to help you do that for a small fee. You know, we all got to make a living, and I am certainly no exception. But if you or anybody you know is interested in uh, hiring a consultant to help you walk yourself through this uh uh, payroll protection program. Uh, referrals are appreciated. And uh, we're also trying to raise some cash to do some things in the real estate area particularly. So uh, very good returns on your money for very short-term loans uh, with collateral. So uh, if you got any cash you want to put to work, we we are available to uh, put it to work for you. And again, I'm Terry Nugent. This is all layered up, so don't steal it, but please share it. And, uh, you know, you are our marketing department. So, uh, 
stay safe, live long and prosper, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you over the weekend if you're a listener. And uh, if not, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.